We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports business. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, so all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guests are Shay Williams and Chris Spikowski. Shay is one of the founders of the Coalition for Parents in Esports, COPE, and is a gamer mom to Team Vanish's Fortnite Pro Duster. Additionally, Chris is a managing director for COPE and a gamer dad to Misfits Gaming Fortnite Pro Skeptic. COPE was created to provide information to educate aspiring gamers and their parents about the esports and gaming world and to act as a resource to make the esports world more accessible to them. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. So, you know, to briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring the esports business. While the entire esports and, and competitive game scene has been around for decades, it's really taken to new heights in the last few years. So this calls individuals of all ages to get involved. Some of these talents have even reached stardom, earning thousands or even millions of dollars from tournaments and salaries and streaming revenues and sponsors. This really includes both adults and minors, so really, you know, individuals under the age of 18, including some young influential gamers as young as 10, 13, 15, or even 16 years old. In response to this new influx of money, especially due to the large individuals and younger individuals kind of earning this, many Parents have been taking notice, especially parents of some of these gamers that are earning these six figures or more from playing video games. So now we actually have two of those individuals, Shay and Chris. So tell us a little about your past gaming experience, how you guys kind of got into this. Um, okay, so my past personal gaming, well, I, I grew up um, a casual gamer, never did anything professionally or competitively. Um, you know, I grew up with Atari, Nintendo, 
PlayStation. I was a PS PlayStation guy growing up. Um, so when uh, you know my son uh, showed an interest in gaming, uh, which he did at a very young age, um, you know I just kind of nurtured that, and it was fun playing games with him and and getting that bonding. Um, so yeah, once he started getting into you know the bigger games, you know I guess around ten, eleven, he started getting into to some Halo and playing along with me. Um, and I started noticing he was getting better than me. <laughs> um, it was, it was pretty surprising and pretty impressive. So we just kind of, kind of ran with it. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't have any really, any professional gaming experience, um, in my background. Uh, it was more just a casual, casual gaming. Awesome. Yes. So what about you, Shay? Yeah, I was going to say mine is very similar. Um, I come from a technology background. I was a computer science major. I played video games when I was a kid and all through college with my friends. So it was just natural that my kids were going to learn computer games at a very young age. So we introduced him, you know, to all the the young games, you know, that he would play. He was really avid into Minecraft and playing the Lego games. Um, and we did notice, you know, at a really young age that he was beating us at everything. You know, but at that point, it was just kind of funny. And we just thought it was because he started so young. And, you know, it was only later that I realized that he was really getting into the competitive side of it. And, you know, still, like any parent, I didn't really take it seriously. I had no idea at that time that there was prize money, that there were organizations forming around this. And it was something, you know, that he was diving into at first completely on his own. Parents not involved at all. Okay, so, you know, tell us a little about kind of being, you know, the parent of a competitive gaming talent. What's that kind of like? It's, well, it's, it, go ahead, Jay. I was going to say, yeah, just at first, it's really, you know, crazy because you don't, you know, you, you just really don't have any idea of what's going on. And so, you know, you first start, you know, seeing that, okay, wait a second, he won something here. You know, what does that mean? And then he's asking, you know, to compete in these tournaments and you realize that there's big prize money involved. And so I started finally paying attention to it. And, you know, and he wanted to go to LAN events and he wanted to do things. And so, you know, it was just a matter of finally starting to pay attention to him. And, you know, and it was surprising to me when I, when I did. And it was surprising to me how much he had already created here. You know, that he had already created his own brand, that he had already networked, you know, and, and that was just kind of mind blowing to me at such a young age. And Chris, I know you've had similar experiences in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, when Griffin first started out, he was, when he first started getting serious about it, he was 13. Um, so he was a little too young to be competing at the time, uh, especially with Fortnite. The, their age to compete back when he first started was 16 and up um, for their, their bigger competitions, uh, their Epic-sponsored tourneys. Um, but he was... Um, playing a lot of smaller tournaments, individual tournaments, like Bebo had had some tournaments and, and Nerd Out had some tournaments and he was playing in those and he was really good at it. Um, and we always watched his stream from day one. We've always modded on his chats and in his streams. So we kind of watched this, his development from, gosh, like from five viewers to blowing up when he killed Tifu um, to getting into these tournaments. The, the smaller tournaments and doing well and playing well in them and beating some of these other top pros who were playing with playing against. Um, so it, it was fascinating watching him evolve on the competitive side. And as soon as, um, 
Epic lowered their their age restrictions to 13 and up. He was all over that and, and ready to go. And uh, shortly after that was right when he competed for the uh, the World Cup qualifiers and just kind of took off from there. So that, that it's it's amazing watching him compete because growing up he, he's a very competitive kid and him and I have always had this little competitive um relationship between us like anything i did he would always try and one-up me on it and do better so he's he's very very competitive with everything everything he does so watching him get into these tournaments and really put his all into it was was great to see so it was like your initial reaction to the you know seeing this you know what he's doing winning these prizes having you know hundreds if not more people watching him just play video games it's great like i said he uh he started very young and before he even started streaming he was at 10 years old he was making his own youtube content he designed his own logo when he was 10 um had his own youtube page up and running he didn't have all the equipment to make the content so he would just kind of rig it up to where he would set up his ipad and point it at the screen and get his friend on the phone and put it on speakerphone and you know, he'd record the gameplay and record the phone conversation to make it seem like they were in game chat. Um, so he got very creative with that. We started seeing that. Um, it was like, all right, this is something he really, really wants to do. And he's good at it. Um, we noticed his personality change when, when we, he started showing us these videos. Um, he was just very over the top and very expressive. Um, so we just kind of embraced it. And got him some of the best you know the best stuff that he could go with it um to record uh we didn't just give it to him he had to work for it and earn it whether it be going to work with his mom doing chores around the house um but we kind of just embraced it and the more he really got into it um as soon as he hit 13 he started we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, streaming and making his making his own videos for Fortnite. So it was just great watching his brain work. And before he even knew he was, you know, branding and doing all this stuff, he was actually doing it. He didn't know what he was doing, but he was he was branding himself and marketing. Um, so watching all that come to fruition and watching mm-hmm. him grow over the years has has been amazing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it is. It's like you don't even realize you're doing it, but you are doing it. You're learning all of these techniques and these skills and the visualization and how you kind of operate something and, you know, being able to just kind of have this success with it is just, you know, pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. 
and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. So tell us a little bit about Cope. You know, what is it and what was kind of the initial vision when you guys when it was formed? Well, um, Cope started really with just a bunch of conversations between parents. So most of us, when we came into this area, we really we were looking for how do we help our kid? You know, they were in this world now. How do we help them? And what we soon found is there really wasn't any, there weren't any resources. You know, I searched online trying to find resources, trying to find out people I could ask, and there really wasn't anything. And as I started going to LAN events, I would talk to other parents, and I suddenly found my best resources were other parents, you know, because I would ask them questions about, you know, well, what did you do about school? How did you balance this? You know, how did you, you know, help them, you know, find something around marketing? And we would just answer, you know, I'd ask all these questions and those would end up being my contacts. And so then we would reach out to each other and support each other. And we realized, you know, over, you know, time that we had kind of created this small support network of parents, you know, that we knew in the industry and we were worldwide. And during, you know, the first parts of lockdown during the spring, a lot of our the parents found ourselves communicating with each other over Twitter are showing up in each other's kids, you know, ch- you know, Twitch um, streams each night and saying hi to each other. And, you know, we realized that we were relying on each other a lot for support, but we also were starting to have other kids and parents reach out to us, you know, either at land events last year before COVID, but then on Twitter. And so, it, you know, it kind of started off as a joke of we should organize and help kids. But then we thought, you know, we really should. And we started looking around and realized there was absolutely nothing in the whole esports space that was dedicated to parents. And so that's how it, it came about. And just to, to build off that and going back to your last question, you know, what, what was it like being a parent and watching Griffin go through all this? It was, um, it kept me on my feet a lot. Cause like Shay said, there, there weren't a lot of resources um, for us. and. Like this is, we're going back three and a half years now that Griffin was getting into this. Um, there wasn't really a lot for me to, to tap into. Um, so I just, I was just kind of winging it um, along with Griffin. Um, and usually when he'd go to LAN events or he'd go to meet and greets and, you know, I, I'd have this, I'd have a line of parents almost as long as the line of kids waiting to meet Griffin, you know, waiting to meet me to kind of ask me questions like Shay was saying, hmm. like, how do you balance school? How do you, you know, manage his finances? How do you balance his social life? And I had no resources to direct them to other than my own experiences. Um, so when I started meeting all these other parents, you know, gaming parents who were already in the space with me, it was nice to know that I had people to rely on, who I could relate to, who I could lean on for advice as well. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how we all just kind of formed together and got Cope up on its legs. Absolutely. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, my dad always tells the story of, you know, being my friend's dad watching lacrosse and it's like watching me play lacrosse. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, we don't, we, I never grew up playing lacrosse and you know how like the parents kind of connect with each other, watching their kids engage in these things. And 
it kind of seems like that's <clears throat> what this evolved into where like you were there supporting your kids doing their pretty much extracurricular activity and it just grew and grew to where you know they're getting signed to major teams and competing in these events and going to you know all of these different of kind of gaming conferences mm-hmm. yeah and so i cool? think well i was going to just say for us i think you know a lot of it was connecting with other parents online because that's what's so funny is you know this world you know they communicate in discord and on twitter and on twitch and these are you know mediums that are completely foreign to most parents Mm-hmm. And we were a few parents that had happened to jump into that world, um, mainly because we wanted to, you know, see what our kids were up to and we wanted to make sure we were protecting them. But it also meant that we started connecting with each other and supporting each other. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to provide that type of support for parents who weren't on, you know, these social platforms, but also try to show them that these social platforms aren't scary. They can jump in here and help their kids. So what are you guys currently working on now? Well, currently right now, a lot of what we do is support. So we do have a web page. We're on all socials and our DMs are always open. And we are, it's very active. We get questions from gamers mainly, but also sometimes from parents. And, you know, it can be anything from, you know, help me talk to my mom about gaming. You know, my grades are really great, but they won't let me practice. And so we, instead of actually going to the parent and talking to them, we actually try to help the kid have that conversation. And, you know, we talk to them about how, you know, they can, you know, they can negotiate with them about, you know, well, if I get my homework done, you know, can I have this amount of time to practice? But we also work with the kids to show them some of the positive aspects that they can tell their parents. You know, so that's part of it is just really a support network of trying to help, you know, parents and kids better understand it. Um, We're also creating content on our webpage to try to help, you know, parents understand more about this world that their kids are in. And then another big focus for us is education. You know, a lot of schools, both um, elementary schools, high schools, and colleges are realizing that, you know, gaming is here. And you can leverage gaming to educate kids and it's also a great sports avenue, you know, so a lot of schools are embracing it. And so we're working with those schools um, to help and to help spread the word, not just to kids, but to showing parents, you know, that, that this is something that is happening now. You know, there are career paths for this. You know, there are education paths at universities and they're actually recruiting and giving scholarships. Yeah, and um, I don't know how much we want to divulge with, you know, some of the partnerships, but we're working on some memorandum of understandings with, you know, other nonprofit organizations, um, some organ- uh, esports orgs that we're working with, um, and some vendors also. And to go along with the education piece, we're working with some um, health experts and um, some uh, esports health um, experts in the field working with different content for, um, you know, just health, fitness, exercise, um, and vision, some of the important things to, to stay healthy and, and keep your body in good shape. And what's so awesome about that is it appeals both to the gamers and the parents. Of course, when we're creating, you know, content for the kids, we're trying to show them how they can improve their gameplay. You know, and that's, you know, physical stuff about, you know, just being better at the game. But it's also about how taking care of your health can actually make you better. I mean, some of these um, health professionals have done studies about sleep 
You know, so many of these gamers complain about the fact that they're not sleeping, but they've actually shown that if you're getting an adequate amount of sleep, you're going to perform better in these games. You know, so part of it is really helping the kids, you know, do better, you know, perform better. But for parents, it really addresses some of their big fears because so many of these parents are worried that this means that they're sitting in a chair, you know, that they're, they're not sleeping, they're not eating right, they're not getting the right amount of exercise. And so, you know, some of this also helps them, you know, understand the positives there and understand how to deal with the negatives. Okay. So, yeah. So what are some kind of, you know, some current issues from kind of the parent side that you're seeing and kind of how you work in to fix them? Well, you know, that actually was highlighted really well last Sunday because an article came out in the New York Times, which really, you know, was very typical and really showed gaming in a dark light. And I understand the concerns you know, there's so many kids that are in their rooms right now, you know, in lockdown. They spend all day online going to school, staring at their computer, you know, for six to eight hours. You know, then they're working on their homework online and then they're playing video games online. And so parents are worried about that. You know, they keep, you know, you always hear screen time is bad. You know, so if your child is spending that much time staring at their screen, you know, they're not getting physical activity. You know, they're not getting social interaction. And, you know, so parents are very worried about it. You know, so what can I do? And a lot of the articles about it are very negative. You know, they say, yes, you know, you've got to get your kid away from the screen. You know, this is not good. And that's what we're really trying to show is that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And there are some very positive aspects. Um, One of my biggest things right now is social. I think so many parents think that gaming is not social. They think it is their kid in a room you know, playing by themselves, and they don't realize, you know, what strong friendships these kids are forming online, you know, and these are friendships they're forming all over the world, you know, and so it's, for me, this is their social outlet right now, especially since they can't be on a soccer field playing with their friends, you know, here they can talk to their friends, And, and I think that's another thing that's surprising to parents is they're not just talking about gameplay. You know, they're actually having social, you know, conversations about how was your day. You know, so I think that's one of the biggest concerns for parents right now is they feel that it's overwhelming, you know, and we're trying to show them that it can actually be positive. Yeah, and just just building off of that again, I mean, let's face it, gaming, video games aren't what they were when we were kids, right? Um, We're not sitting there playing a Nintendo by ourselves in a room. These kids are out there. They're, you know, just Griffin, for example, he's got friends all over the world. He plays with kids in Indiana, California, Canada, the UK, Ireland. Like, these are his friends. These are his core group of friends. And he meets up with them, you know, at LAN at, at events, at, at conferences. You know, they all meet up and they get together. They, they talk to each other every night. They rely on each other for, for help and advice. So it's not just them sitting in their room by themselves. They're out there networking meeting people, talking to new people. And I mean, he's got a better social life than I do. So, you know, and I think, I think another thing that parents don't really understand, you know, what you were just talking about, Chris, is that these games are really strategic now, you know, so you really are, you know, it, it really is a lot of these games are much more challenging than I think most parents realize. So a lot of what we try to encourage too, is to get parents to get involved. I mean, you know, you're not going to really play this game, but, you know, let your kids show you what they're doing. 
Mm -hmm. um, let them show you how complicated it is. Because usually I find that parents are completely blown away, you know, by just playing one round of COD because they had absolutely no idea how hard it was. We're trying to build and shoot at the same time. That that just blows my mind that you can build things in Fortnite. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's all about getting involved with your kids, just like you would with Little League, like you would with soccer, hockey. Um, You know, you're going to go out there on the front lawn or in the backyard and throw the ball around with your kid. You may not be an athlete. You may not have the best arm, but you're out there engaging with them and interacting. Do the same with your kids with video games. Talk to them about it. Ask them questions. And kids, if you're listening, talk to your parents. Um, Tell them why you love the games you play. And some of your aspirations and what you want to do with with gaming and where you want to go with it okay so i know we recently saw you know an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old kind of get signed and involved in gaming on the professional level is there an age that's kind of like too young or is it just kind of the role of the parent to just support and nurture whatever their you know kids love it doesn't really kind of matter the age Um, i think that's that's exactly it i think it, it pretty much falls on the parents and kind of nurturing their kids and helping guide them um yeah shay you were gonna gonna say i'm sorry i was i was yeah just exactly what you're saying no i just i don't necessarily think there is an age that's too young i think what we have to realize here is that the audience you know watching these kids are that age i mean they are 9 12 you know 15 year olds and they Mm -hmm. want to see their peers playing games so the reality is we are going to have young kids you know, becoming stars in this space. I just think it's super important that the parents are involved and, you know, that they're helping their child here and they're really paying attention. And and this just shows you how important it is to have a really strong support network around those kids, especially when they're young. But I think any minor in this space needs that. Yeah, definitely. And, and also along with, you know, the guidance, you want to you know, be there just to to watch your kid and kind of protect them if you have an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old blowing up on on whether it's youtube or whatever it is um you want to make sure nobody's coming in and take advantage of your kid um so just stay involved learn what they're doing and and be there to support them and guide them absolutely so what's the future of cope well that's you know we just started um over the summer we were officially launched in october So at this point, you know, it's really been about forming these partnerships and figuring out what we can do to make a difference. But now um, we are a nonprofit. We are now fully 501c3 compliant, which means that we can take donations. Um, So now we're really going into the next phase of this. We're about to start doing um, fundraising events through soft giving. And this is where it's mainly going to be stream drives from big streamers. We're also going to be involved in hosting some big tournaments for different games. And with that, we hope to start driving donations to COPE. Now, for part of that, you know, we'll just be creating content that can help all gamers and parents. But what we really are striving to do is raise money so we can give back to the gamers in the community. We want to be able to provide scholarships to gamers that have been, you know, that have been recognized, that have a chance to blow up here or to be, you know, one of the top pro players, but don't have the resources to do it. So if we can provide scholarships to help them and, you know, it'll be incredible. But also, you know, those scholarships can be used for their setup. You know, they can be used to help them grow their marketing, but it can also be used towards their education. Yep. Okay. So that, I mean, I think that's a great, you know, I think that's a great kind of mission to be able to kind of take the education part and also try to 
help those who are trying to strive and maybe the resources aren't there that they need to be able to kind of elevate to that next level. Yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah. So what was it kind of like watching, you know, your kids get signed to like a professional team and having, you know, an organization reach out to you with a contract and, you know, all the announcements and the stuff that comes with that? Uh, well, with with Griffin, when he when he first blew up when he was 13, we were getting a lot of um, he was getting a lot of DMs, people sliding into his DMs, you know, join our clan, join our team. Um, but it was really just kind of groups of kids. Um or just like friend groups wanting him to join. Uh, so we were, we were always kind of a little hesitant with that until Misfits reached out to us. And uh, they were their first DM. They reached out and it was very professional and very legit. They reached out to Griffin in his Twitter DMs and was like, hey, are your parents around? Are they involved? Can we speak to them about you possibly joining our organization? Um so he, you know, he came running up to us thrilled and excited that he got this DM and, you know, we had them, you know, send everything to our email and we got in touch with them and contacted them. And they have, they were always very professional and very looked out for Griffin as a person um, and not a commodity, not this thing that they were trying to push. Um, it was always school first, your personal well-being first and family first. Um, if any of those things suffered, then and you needed to take a step back from gaming, then that was great. And that's that's kind of the thing that, that really sold us with Misfits, is that they have a very big family feel to it. Everybody I've been you know in touch with with Mis- Misfits has been, you know, welcomed us with open arms. They're just, they're great people, and they're just great, great to be a, be a part of that organization. So it's been, been exciting. I mean, we go, just went down to Florida for... You know, his he just got re-signed to Misfits back in October, and we were down there, and they they filmed uh, you know, his intro video. So it's nice watching him kind of get get uh, shuffled all over, and you know, with his photo shoots and, and intro videos, you know, they they do they treat him very well. So it's nice to see. Yeah, but you're right. Most parents are completely overwhelmed by this aspect of it. You know, it usually happens when your kid runs in and says, "Hey." got these contracts. Can you take a look at them and tell me what, you know, what I need to do here? You know, and the parents are usually completely blown away. So that's, that's one of the support things that COPE is trying to do. We're trying to be there for those parents who are overwhelmed by this. So we are working with some of the top um, teams um, across the world and we're, uh, we're a resource for them. So they're actually telling parents about us when they're signing you know, when they're starting to talk to them and saying, listen, you know, if you want to reach out to other parents who've been through this, you know, here is this great resource. So some of the support we are doing is for these parents. You know, so I actually have worked with a lot of parents in the last few months who were looking at all these contracts. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's really fun. It's, you know, for the parents, they're super excited about it. But, you know, they also, they're unsure. You know, how, how do, this is such a completely foreign world to them. You know, they want to understand, you know, how can I help them and not put them in a contract that is bad, you know, and um, so that's where I think it helps to really be able to talk to other parents that have been there. Yeah, and it's good because we've also, you know, they ask a lot of questions about, you know, what are some of the pitfalls that they got to look out for in a contract? And I mean, one of the first things we always tell them is make sure you have an attorney look it over. Um but we're always more than happy to help them out with some of the things that we've seen in contracts. And that's some great advice. I like to hear that. <laughs> right. Um, I was waiting for that. <laughs> anybody signing a contract without an attorney looking at it, um, yeah, definitely just uh, 
I question that, and you should definitely just err on the side of caution and, and get that looked at. Because um, some, some teams, I'm sure they try to put in some wording in there to kind of make it sway towards a more org-friendly contract. Um, but you just want you want it to be fair, and you want to look out for some of the pitfalls and make sure you're not stuck in a, a long-term deal where you're not treated right and treated fairly. Exactly, and something that kind of grows with you. I think that's like the biggest thing with the one real public dispute of, you know, with Tifu, who kind of really kind of outgrew probably what anyone thought. But if you have talented people around you, you might foresee how, okay, well, maybe something like, you know, what happened to Griffin, where you have this huge thing that goes viral and you double or triple overnight pretty much, the parameters of things might change, you know, mm-hmm. and not building this into your potential contractual relationship could really be harmful. Of course, yeah. Definitely make sure you uh, leave yourself room to grow. You never just want to get stuck somewhere and not be able to grow or grow and not be compensated what you're worth, I guess. Exactly. And being stuck in something where you're just very unhappy with how it is because you just don't feel like it reflects your current value. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it was like kind of, you know, seeing fans and people wanting to like get his autograph and take selfies, you know, just kind of this kind of fame that comes with being this like personality who's, you know, in videos and on Instagram, you know, just sharing their whole entire life with the public. It's fun. And he's, he's great about it. Like he gets recognized everywhere um, from airports to movie theaters, to the mall. Um, There was one time he, you know, put on a big baggy, you know, hoodie and a hat and sunglasses to try and go to a movie one night with his friend. And he still got recognized. Um, but he's he's good about it. He loves meeting people and talking to people and taking pictures. He's always more than happy um, to do that. Some you know the only times he's really um, we'll say he doesn't like doing it. But like six o'clock in the morning at an airport, he just you know he wants to go sit in a chair and put his hoodie up and go to sleep and wait for a plane or something. But um, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, especially at World Cup, that was just a wild experience with just kids surrounding him everywhere. Um, there was one point at World Cup we had to get escorted off the property because there were just mobs of kids everywhere. And it gets pretty overwhelming at times um, for me. Anyway, um, I'm usually playing security and trying to make sure he's safe, but also take pictures and video everything. Um, but like I said, he handles it really well and he uh, he embraces it. That's amazing. I mean, I think that it's just so crazy. And, you know, we'll kind of conclude everything with this. So where do some of these, you know, today's top miners, like where do they go from here? You know, being kind of this gaming influencer at such a young age, how do you continue, you know, as a parent, how do you advise other parents on how they might help their kids parlay this into kind of the next chapter of their life? I mean, the biggest thing um, some of these kids need to do is work on their branding and work on their content. Um, I'm sure most of them don't want to be streaming forever or playing Fortnite forever we don't even know Fortnite's going to be around five years from now um so just building your brand working on your brand cross-platform getting it out there and into the mainstream um something that griffin has done with you know ford modeling um working with you to to get his brand out there and to more mainstream stuff and more sponsors non-endemic sponsors um yeah establish that brand and build that brand yeah and just also really that there there are so many avenues for success here. Um, so many of the kids just look at it from a competitive standpoint. And, you know, if they aren't on top competitive anymore, they think that their career is over. 
So that's where, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to educate the kids and the parents that there's so many different jobs and job possibilities here. And they really should use what they've learned and what they've built, you know, to turn that into a career that they're passionate about. Exactly. You know, I've kind of had these conversations now that I'm starting to, you know, teach some classes and mentor some, you know, college students where it's like the way there is all this whole professional world in the music and the sports and the fashion world from attorneys to CPAs to financial advisors to, you know, all of these kind of wealth management people. It's starting to develop in this world and, you know, having a passion for gaming and being a former gamer and understanding what it's like to grind, what it's like dealing with teams and all the politics that it comes with. It, I think, you know, comes really relatable and really kind of opens up doors for you later, you know, whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, it doesn't just it doesn't stop at competitive. And like Shay said, it doesn't even stop at, at content creation. Um I mean, there's esports media, there's journalism, health management. Um, I think it was uh, NASA. coaching. Yeah, coaching, like even accounting, esports law, um, marketing, production, promotion. It, it was a, a pretty, one of my favorite graphics that I've seen um, NASF put out um, an esports related um, professional chart with all the different avenues and all the different. Um, fields and areas that kids can go into and it really it was it kind of took me back to just looking at the the how vast it was and how many different directions kids can go with this and and a lot of like Shay said a lot of kids get stuck with you know my professional career is over I'm done I have to retire but no it's it goes a lot further than that exactly you know I think that like even if you're creative and you want to work for a team or a developer creating graphics and videos and you know working with the next generation of you know, gamers, there's just so many opportunities that people don't even think of. And hopefully part of what you guys are doing is opening their eyes to this and opening their parents' you know, mind to the possibility of, yeah, it's cool. They're playing video games in their basement, but there's so much more going on here. And it could lead to, you know, whether it's on the competitive side or even just the professional side, there's just so many opportunities to grow. Definitely. Yeah, that's it. So many opportunities. Awesome. So, yeah. So, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So, where can everybody find you both? Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, what is my Twitter? At, at, at C. Spikoski on Twitter. Um, that's the best place to find me. I think also our, our links are also on the COPE website. They can find us, uh, COPE, on Twitter as well. Yep. And um, I'm Shaman on all social platforms. And so I'm pretty easy to find. But yes, find us on Cope um, at the website and it's cope.gg. Same thing on Twitter. Okay, awesome. You know, thanks everybody for tuning in and make sure you follow me on Twitter, Justin J-E-S-Q and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.